0: And now, the award winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin.
1: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show. In our first half hour, we are going to talk about chronic illness and how the doctor patient relationship is so critical in really working with this. My guest is Dr. Michael Lachin, MD. His book is The Prince at the Ruined Tower. Time, Uncertainty, and Chronic Illness. And he's really looking at issues that we often don't talk about, like how should patients respond when diagnoses are uncertain, How Should Doctors Respond? How Should Administrators Respond? And this book is about patients and doctors in the healthcare system, written by a physician with broad experience in the world of chronic illness. Let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Lachan. He's the director of the Barbara Volker Center for Women and Rheumatic Disease, Hospital for Special Surgery, and professor of medicine and obstetrics gynecology at the Will Cornell Medicine School of Medicine in New York. He's a graduate of Harvard College and Harvard Medical School. He's written two other books, uh, Guarded Prognosis, and also he's written Dancing with the River's Edge with Ida Brill. So I'm very excited to welcome today Dr. Lakshin. Welcome. Welcome, Dr. Lakshin. Thank
2: you. I'm glad to be
1: with you. Yeah. Um, You know, you were telling me this, and I think it's so interesting. You know, one of the things you were sharing with me before the show is that there are certain things that are um, kind of clear cut. Like, for example, if somebody needed an antibiotic, we, we pretty much know that will work. But as you said, chronic illness is not that clear. And I was sharing a story about a friend of mine who has colitis, who's been through on her third round of different drugs. And, you know, everything's hopeful and she goes through trials and it works for a couple of weeks and then it doesn't. And she's doing everything she can to prevent surgery. But it's not clear cut and it's it's frustrating to watch and it's painful for her. And so I think, you know, this is something that's so important that you're talking about, because, as you also said, many times it seems clear well, we'll just put you on this drug and it'll work. But as you're saying in the book, it's not that clear with chronic illness. So please expand on that.
2: Well, that's absolutely uh, true. And, and I guess what I'd first start by saying is the difference between chronic illness and, and acute illness is the technically it's just a description of a short-time course versus a long-time course. But it really uh, means diseases and uh, events that are curable or one-time events, and Mm -hmm. those that continue on. Uh, And when they continue on, there are a whole host of different things that happen. First, they don't start in an instant and are obvious uh, at the moment that a patient first feels the symptom. Oftentimes, it takes weeks or months and sometimes even years to be clear what's happening Uh, because symptoms just gradually accrue over years and years, Uh, and that leads to a great deal of uncertainty. Then clinical trials, when you look at different medications, are necessarily relatively short-term things, six months, a year, maybe two years, but they don't tell you what happens in 10 years or 15 years, so there's a great deal of uncertainty as well about What treatments work, uh, what do not, because by and large the treatments ameliorate the disease, but they don't necessarily cure them. And Mm. it's important for doctors and patients to discuss these uh, things because the expectation that patients have is that uh, you have a diagnosis, you give a drug. It's over, and that just isn't the way the world
1: works. Well, well, and the other question I have is, you know, if you go on some of these drugs that you're seeing on television, you know, some of the main ones for chronic illness, because I'm going to give you an example of the friend I was telling you about. Um, Sometimes it doesn't help, and then she'll start complaining about other symptoms. Other things are bothering her now. And I'm wondering if this drug is aggravating other parts of the body. I mean, it's just speculation, but I wonder about that.
2: Well, a, it's not speculation at all. Uh, one of the things that I talk about in the book is the different time phases, phases of illness, and I divide them into what I call instant clock, calendar, and generational time. Instant is if you have a fracture or you have a seizure or something, and that's very quick, and you act on it immediately. Uh Clock time is when you develop a fever and you sit around and decide, do I need to call a doctor, do I not? So it plays out over a few days. And calendar time is like the most of the chronic illnesses, that they develop over months uh, and sometimes very many months. Uh, a symptom comes, it goes, comes again, and you sort of think about, is this going to mean something or not? And generational is what you just talked about, and that is that uh, you look at what's going to happen 10 years from now or 20 or 30 years from now. I often deal with very young people, late teens, early 20s, uh, in the types of illnesses that I deal with. I have to think about what they're going to be like at 40 and 60, uh, even though they're maybe 18 or 19 right now. And that what I'm thinking about is not only what the disease will do, but what the medications are going to do because all medications have side effects that are unpleasant and sometimes really very dangerous. And that becomes part of the conversation that doctors and, and patients have to engage in.
1: So what's the answer to this? I mean, do you think it's it's just exploring with your doctor and making sure you're both on the same page? I mean, there's no one clear-cut answer to this with chronic illness.
2: Uh, that's correct and my argument is that this needs to be a conversation and a negotiation and mm-hmm. the, the the harder the information is like the antibiotic for the specific infection that's more the doctor sets the priorities and says here's what I know will work and so on right but the less you know the more the patient's priorities take uh, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, are important. And I think patients, if you're talking about, for instance, when I was talking about the time uh, phases, someone may have very severe pain right now. Well, I have ways of dealing with very severe pain, but some of the ways that I deal with it might play out in complications a decade from now. So we have to have that conversation. What's more important to you? To be able to see your kids grow up or is it more important for you to be relieved right now? Uh, and those are where you, patients will set priorities and tell the doctor what they need most right now. Sometimes it's, I'm going to lose my job, I'm going to lose my family uh, right now, so I need the most aggressive treatment, and others will be, no right. way, I want yeah. I want to see yeah. the kids grow up.
1: Yeah, yeah that's interesting, because in my friend's case, the one I'm thinking of, she's very physically active. So whatever she did with her doctor, she had to try to find a drug that would keep her moving, you know, that wasn't going to immobilize her, where she wouldn't be sitting a lot, because that that's part of what helps her, um, you know, stay active and stay happy. So, you know, that's you have to take that into consideration, right, if somebody wants to exercise.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is a, a daily conversation. For instance, I have a patient right now who's, uh, probably right now, or maybe in the next few days, uh, it wants to uh, go hiking on Mount Denali in Alaska. Uh, ah. And we ah. and we worked out a mechanism by which this would be possible for her. Uh, oh. I, have, I have patients who are marathoners, and I have other patients who really have none of that interest whatsoever, uh, but are looking at what very long-term will be, and uh, don't want any drug side effects. Interesting,
1: interesting. And yet you encourage that person to go to, you know, to travel that far? I mean, you felt you that was okay as your doctor or his uh, doctor.
2: Uh, uh, you, you said encouraged, but I didn't use that word. I said I discussed it with her and I gave her what I thought would be the problems and uh, yeah. what would uh, uh, what the likely outcomes would be. I didn't discourage her. I won't say that I encouraged her, but that was her right. choice. It wasn't mine.
1: Yeah, interesting. Yeah, and, but as you said, you, you give both choices. So um, we have a few minutes before break. So what, um, what is it you really want readers and listeners to know? I mean, what would you say are like five things that are really important? I would say probably one of them is choose your doctor carefully would be one.
2: (laughs) That's fair. Uh, One, uh, the, uh, the most important message is to have an open conversation about what is known and what is not known and make your choices based on that. Another is to understand that in 2017, we think we're really smart. But doctors in 1917 thought they were really, really smart, and yeah. doctors in 1957 did. And the doctors in 2117 or 20, uh, 2057 are going to look back and laugh and say, I can't believe they thought those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. So you have to be open to change and open to new information at all times.
1: Are you more encouraged, I mean, after all these years, do you feel there have been tremendous advancements? What would you say?
2: Oh, the world is completely different right now from when I uh, was in medical school. For instance, things like uh, having heart transplants were unheard of in in those days. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even Mm -hmm. kidney transplants were pretty... Pretty new, and certainly we didn't know anything about AIDS. Uh, We didn't think at all about Alzheimer's in those days. And when I started out, I'm a rheumatologist to deal with arthritis. Rheumatoid arthritis was almost always a very crippling illness. Right now, Mm -hmm. it's very surprising. Yes. Uh, Lupus and lupus patients died uh, when I uh, started out. Right now, we're stunned if we lose a patient. But we and so we're working to the point now, not only to save lives, but to make those lives very productive and as close to normal as possible.
1: Yeah, which is really, uh, really special. I mean, what, 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 it, what
2: advancements? But, yeah. but my my point also would be that in twenty fifty seven, we're going to see just as much or twenty sixty seven. I meant fifty years from now. They, mm. they're going to look back and say the same sort of things. I can't, yeah. they, I can't yeah. believe what medicine was like back uh, then.
1: Well, we're now looking at stem cell research, right, and replacing, and, right, and replacing and, organs too. That's another whole thing.
2: Oh, mm. absolutely. I mean, the, the, the changes are astounding, but they're going to continue to be astounding. And mm. I guess that would argue that there's an arrogance that today we know everything we're going to know, and that's yeah. inconceivable. Yeah. Right.
1: All right. We're going to take a break. My guest is Dr. Michael D. Lockshin, MD. His book is The Prince at the Rune Tower, Time, Uncertainty, and Chronic Illness. And this is really about, it's a book about patients, doctors, and the healthcare system, written by a physician with broad experience in the world of chronic illness. And we'll be right back with Dr. Lockshin. Uh, Right after the break, right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice, I'm Patricia Raskin.
3: Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
0: Have you found the beauty inside of you?
3: Where are you getting your advice on buying, selling, or maintaining your most important asset, your home? Is it from a reality show on cable TV, a comparison website, or are you just flying by the seat of your pants and gut instinct? Stop now before you make another move. Tune into to Real Real Estate Today with host and realtor, Deb Tomorrow. You can't afford to play guesswork when it comes to your new or existing home. Listen every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Noon Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though, so this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
1: His book is The Prince at the Ruined Tower, Time, Uncertainty, and Chronic Illness. And this interview is a book about, and his work is about patients, doctors, and the healthcare system, written by Dr. Lakshin, who has had broad experience in the world of chronic illness. And he is the director of, professor of medicine and obstetrics gynecology at Will Cornell Medicine. And director of the Barbara Volcker Center at the Hospital for Special Surgery. And he explores these questions that we don't often hear how should and how do patients respond when diagnoses are uncertain? And how should the doctor respond? And how should the insurers and administrators respond? So that's what we're talking about. Welcome back, Dr. Lokshin.
2: Thank you.
1: you know, before, I, I do want to tell some stories, but I would like to answer this question that's in your book. This whole idea of insurers and administrators, you know, that's a whole different thing, because many times they have a, book, a rule of book, right? A book of rules. Correct. Right? This is what we're going to cover, and this is what we're not going to cover, and so talk about that, because that can be frustrating also, particularly, I'm going back to my friend again, because her case is so recent in my mind where she had to really fight for this drug, which was like, oh my God, it was like $10,000. But because she had a certain type of insurance that was different from the other insurances. And they made an exception for her, but she really had to write letters and struggle to get into the system. Because it was, you know, it's $10,000 or whatever it is for drugs are just tough. So talk about that,
2: please. Okay, well, you you hit upon something that... I don't deal so much with in the book, but I uh, have a big emotional response to. One of the things about uncertainty and certainty is that doctors are required to use what are referred to as ICD codes or International Classification of Disease Codes for every test they request, for every medication they order, and for every uh, office visit for billing uh, for that. The ICD codes, there are 145,000 of them. They imply a degree of certainty that just doesn't exist. And insurers mm-hmm. then pick up those codes to make decisions. So uh-huh. not only does it frustrate people like your friend uh, mm-hmm. to make sure that the doctor has chosen the right code, it actually makes medical records lies right now, at, at least... Mm-hmm shades of the truth because i know and i'm sure your friends doctors know that there are certain codes that won't be questioned you won't have to go through this exotic process of trying Mm -hmm. uh, to get something approved so you just put down a code that you know will get approved whether or not it is actually a good description of the patient I, i find that i say that i'm a Emotional about that because I find it extremely offensive that I have to write charts that are inaccurate
1: Mm -hmm. in order to get
2: things done for my patient. Mm,
1: That's a very, very good, very good. Um, So, if when people listening to this interview, can they write to you or contact you through your website?
2: Uh, They can. It's uh, uh, well, the, the website is my name, Michael, M I C H A E L, auction. L-O-C-K-S-H-I-N all is one word dot com uh, okay. or I have a I have a gmail uh, address is loction m at gmail dot com okay and they can
1: um, they can write you through your website as well
2: correct correct okay alright
1: so tell us some, some stories or anecdotal stories of patients that you've worked with that kind of illustrate this point and how they got through it particularly with chronic uh, illness how they dealt with it
2: I guess I I would bring a a handful of anecdotes to this. Some people
3: uh,
2: are really grateful to be told by a physician, I don't know precisely what you have. And the reason that is is that I've got patients, and I've got a a couple of patients that I describe in, in chapters in the book who have just gone from doctor to doctor to doctor, getting different statements that, were said, oh, yes, you have this. And then the next doctor would say, oh, no, it's not that, it's Y. Or a third doctor would say, no, 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 it's Z. Uh, And I would look at them and say, it actually doesn't make a lot of difference what name we use, uh, so long as we know... What the process is. That is what is happening and what we can do about it. And giving the name makes no difference whatsoever. And there are people who have literally burst into tears when I've told them that and said at least someone is willing to listen. And if I don't fit what the textbook says, uh, that's, that's wonderful with names. I also talk about, I also talk about, and, and there's a chapter about a girl who went through Five years ten between five and ten years of this, and committed suicide uh because there was no answer to where she was going uh, yeah. those are two the those are two really, really different ways of uh of approaching it, and I think the physician's role is to try to make sure that the ambiguities that exist are understood and dealt with. Uh, and I'm not sure that obviously, because the one girl committed suicide, I can't deal with that adequately with everybody, but I certainly try to. There's one other patient that I, I emphasize. Uh, and, uh, and when I talk about uh, expressing yourself and speaking, and this young woman uh, was very ill, um And was, but wanted desperately to have a child. Uh, And her doctors basically dictated to her, no way, we're not going to take care of you, and uh, and so on. And she was loud, foul mouthed, literally screaming in the clinic at that day when she was being told that. But what she did was demonstrate uh, to everybody, because we ended up having hospital ethicists and others come in to try to calm the situation. She was saying, you owe me my dignity. You owe me my right to make my own life choices. And for those physicians who were arguing with her, that was a big wake-up call that the patient is the first, second, and third priority in this conversation. What the doctors want to do follows that. Uh, and uh, we, we had a, a group of patients that we called our heroes. We actually have a plaque on our wall about people like this, and this lady with with her somewhat obscene and very uh, politically incorrect approach to life became one of our heroes for teaching all the other staff Uh that her dignity counted.
1: Mm-hmm. Fascinating. What would be your advice to people who, you know, have been diagnosed with a chronic illness um, and are struggling with it? You know, have gotten several opinions and are just, you know, confused and, and are not sure where to go next. What would you say?
2: I would say number one, if they, in, and obviously it's hard to make a person do this, is speak up. And number two, demand of the doctor, what do you really know? And what are you just guessing at right now? Mm-hmm. And, and then to take that part that they're guessing at and make sure that their opinions count when those guesses are made. Yeah,
1: very, very important.
2: Okay, and, and let's talk
1: about some of the things that are in your book. Um, you talk in your book about uh, certain stories, right? You tell certain stories, and then you also have a chapter on time. And explain that, because again, time is time is everything, but particularly when you're when you're diagnosed.
2: Well, that that chapter is partly about what I spoke about a minute ago about the instant ca- clock calendar and generational time, but it also is about the fact that. We give diseases labels, but I I give descriptions, for instance, of patients who had one label five years ago and a different label uh, today. And I've even got a patient who I refer to as Milagros. Uh, That actually was her name. Uh, And Milagros means miracles in Spanish. When I first saw her, she was in... Uh, renal failure on dialysis uh, as a, a young woman in her twenties uh, recovered completely, and 15 years later came back with a disease that's related, but Interesting. not the same. And then converted yeah. again. She's now in her she's now 60 in her in her early 60s, and uh, has been through several labels. People would have called her lupus at first, then rheumatoid arthritis, and then so on. So it tells you that diseases aren't static things, that mm-hmm. one label doesn't last mm-hmm. forever. It right. changes.
1: All right. And on that note, we uh, we have to go. However, we want to tell people, you know, this is fascinating material. Pick up the book, The Prince at the Ruined Tower. Time, Uncertainty, and Chronic Illness with Dr. and he's the author, Dr. Michael D. Lockshin, MD. And again, this is very much about how patients and doctors in the healthcare system can really look at chronic illness, that it's not static, it's not one size fits all, and it changes. And uh, you can, uh, again, the the website, as you said, is michaellockshin.com. Correct, Dr. Lockshin?
2: Yeah. That's okay. correct. There's all the books available on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and other places.
1: All right. And it's Michael Lockshin, and that's L-O-C-K-S-H-I-N-M-D. And we have about a minute. So what's your clo- what, would, what would be your closing thought for our listeners? What would you like to leave our listeners with today?
2: Well, I'm really optimistic. And what I think is that medicine is now going from this idea of extreme precision to the idea of it's the variability and the fact that we uh, are learning rather than we know everything. Uh, And I think the future will make that much better. Thank you so much for being on the program.
1: Really appreciate it, Dr. Michael Lawson.
2: Thank you. It's been a real pleasure.
1: All right, stay on the line for a minute. All right, that wraps up this segment of The Patricia Raskin Show with Dr. Michael Lachin, and the book, again, is The Prince at the Ruined Tower. And uh, coming up next is our next interview, so stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. We're right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. I'm Patricia Raskin.